Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through. When you don't know what to do, keep breathing. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. Broadcasting from Huntington Beach, California, and New York City, coast to coast, a big welcome from the Big Apple and L.A. To all our listeners out there in Radio Land, I'm Dave Nassani on the Caregiver Dave Show, coming to you live from the syndicated all-positive talk radio network, HealthyLife.net. We are broadcasting in all 50 states and 135 countries, I think that's the right number, with my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg, from thecaregiverspace.org, and we're coming to you live 24-7. And we are so proud to be voted number one podcast of the top 50 on Player FM, as well as number two podcast of thousands on Caring Village, and number three podcast out of thousands on Feedspot. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. We have Dr. Deb Matthews, and we're going to talk about hormones, all about them, why you want them, why you don't want them, why you need them. Why you wish you didn't have them, et cetera, et cetera. You see where we're going on this. So, but before we get started, I do want to thank last week's guest, Linda McKenzie. Remember her, Adriel? Yeah. She's a great show. She's a great guest. And you can hear this show and all our shows on HealthyLife.net as well. So, Dr. Deb, welcome to the show. Finally, oh, well, after four you. years, five years, six years, how long has it been? It's been a few years, and I've heard so much about it, and I'm so glad to finally be here. (laughs) Yes, and Dr. Deb and I share the same mentors, so we do a lot of the same things, although she has has made me look bad. She's been on 80 television shows, and I've only been on 40. So I, being a competitive person, I'm trying to catch up. So, Dr. Deb, um, first... Before we even talk about your book, I have heard your story, and it is an incredible story, and I love the way you tell it at Harvard and at NASDAQ and at Carnegie Hall and and at all those different places. So why don't you just tell Adrian and I and the world your story? Why are you Dr. Deb, and how did this happen to you? Well, you know, I used to be a regular old ordinary doctor, but I didn't always feel that good. I remember on my 10th anniversary, my husband and I were out for dinner together, and we were enjoying a lovely meal and a lovely glass of wine, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I remember looking at him and thinking, who is this barbarian, and what was I thinking marrying this man, and you know, He's a great guy. He's a great dad. He's my uh, knight in shining armor. I, I don't know where these crazy thoughts were coming from. And 
my poor kids, I had no patience. And, you know, I, I remember one time one of the boys was kicking the soccer ball against the living room wall, and I could hear the thwap, thwap. And my head started spinning around, and steam was coming out of my ears. And I said, get the ball out of my house now. <laughs> and I'll be really honest and tell you, that exorcist voice really worked. Those kids moved so fast. <laughs> So guilty because that's not the kind of mom that I wanted to be. And it was so confusing because nothing in my medical training helped me understand what was happening to me. And eventually, my husband, who really, I'm lucky, he's a patient man, but you know, he started to get a little fed up and he found a book that he thought I ought to read. And it was a book written by Suzanne Summers. And I know that you've interviewed <laughs> Suzanne. And, but to me as a doctor, I don't want to get my, my information from a celebrity. I didn't want to hear from Chrissy Snow. I didn't want to read <laughs> the book. But I knew that I had to do something. And so I did read it, and that book has changed my entire life. Because when I read about the women in the book who were just like me, and how much better they felt when they got their hormones back into balance, it allowed me to open my mind. And it allowed me to see that there were important things they didn't teach me in medical school, and there were places that I could go to learn a different approach. And so I was able to get my hormones back in balance. I got my energy back, my kids got their mom back, my husband got his wife back, and I got my life back. But I couldn't go back to just writing prescriptions all day long because it just didn't make sense anymore. So now for the last 14 years, I've been helping men and women get their hormones back in balance so they can feel great, often get off prescription drugs, and love the way they feel. Wait a minute. Men and women? You mean men have hormone problems? They sure do. And, you know, when you say hormones, what most people are going to think about is like menopausal hormones, right? Yeah. But there's a whole lot more that goes on that we can talk about that really makes a big difference. Are we talking about testosterone and stuff like that? These commercials I see on TV, this guy in midlife crisis is, you know, pushing weights. And he's losing his hair and, and the girls don't look at him anymore. That kind of hormones. Well, that's another one of them that's important. And stress right, if we're talking about caregiving, that affects hormones too. So we got a whole bunch of hormones that we can talk about. Okay. Well, first let's talk about how you are different than other doctors. Uh, what kind of a doctor are you? Some kind of quack or what? <laughs> Some people might think so. So the way that I practice medicine is called integrative medicine. And what that means is that we're taking the best of natural medicine and the best of regular medicine, like you're used to at your regular doctor. And what we'd like to do is we try to like like to try to start with natural things first and save our use of prescription medicines for when we really need them. And what I feel like is in, in medical school, we tend to go a little too far sometimes to just always relying on prescriptions. And even as patients, right, if you don't feel good, you want to go to your doctor to get a pill to make you feel better. But a lot of times those medicines are kind of just putting a Band-Aid on your symptoms. They're not really making you well. And so if we could help you to get well, then you wouldn't need the medicine. That's right. And by the way, my wife is blowing you kisses. She sees oh, you on the screen. I know her. <laughs> of course. So, okay, so you're not a quack. That's good. And um, 
why do you practice medicine the way you do? Yeah, I believe that there is so much that we can do to help people become well. And when you feel well, you have better energy, more creativity, right? You sleep better. It's easier to maintain your weight. And if you have people who depend on you, you need your health, right? You speak about this all the time. If you yourself aren't well, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't take care of the people who depend on you. So I... Instead of just treating diseases with drugs, I feel really passionately about helping people become the best version of themselves in terms of their health, and having healthy, balanced hormones is an important piece of that. Now, we're talking to um, we're talking to hormones. We're talking to caregivers, and caregivers have stress, as you said. You know, in fact, thirty percent of them actually die before their loved ones do, because of the stress. And the lucky ones that don't die. Well, they become sicker than the ones they're caring for, hospitalized, eventually need a caregiver of their own. So, I mean, it's not pretty. That only leaves about 10% of the caregivers who are kind of healthy. What can we do to help them deal with this stress? I mean, you can't get rid of the stress, right? Stress is here to stay. So you got some tips or techniques to de-stress? I do. So maybe can we talk a little bit about cortisol, and then we can talk about what to do to make cortisol better. Because First cortisol tell me is what your, is cortisol. Yes. Cortisol <laughs> is your stress hormone. And so oh, when you are stressed, cortisol goes up, and that's what helps you cope with stress. So that's good. Is that fight or flight stuff? Kind of like your fight or flight, exactly, like you get an adrenaline rush. And cortisol is kind of like long-acting adrenaline. In the oh. short term, it's good. But when you have stress day in and day out, when it becomes chronic stress, then cortisol can become chronically elevated. And here's where the problem starts. Cortisol is an aging hormone. It's a wear and tear hormone. So it shrinks your brain. It pushes you to dementia and diabetes and osteoporosis, all the things that nobody wants. And so when we are under chronic stress and our cortisol level goes up, that's what pushes those negative health implications that you're talking about. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we have healthy ways of balancing the stress in our lives in order to protect our body from the harmful effects of cortisol. And the good news is there actually are things that we can do that are really helpful and really important even if you can't eliminate the stresses. And so one of those things is breathing exercises. So just simple, slow, deep breaths in and out, especially belly breathing where your belly Mm -hmm. is moving up and down with the breath. That actually triggers the opposite of the fight-or-flight response. It triggers the relaxation response. It allows cortisol to go down. It allows our body to to shift back out of that, you know, that um, fight-or-flight. And that can be very, very helpful. And the trouble is, I think, it's so simple that it doesn't even sound like it would work. You know, it it seems a little woo-woo. Um, but breathing is really, really powerful medicine, and it actually can help to protect your body from the harmful effects of stress. We believe in breathing here at Caregiver Dave. You heard our theme song, Keep okay. On Breathing. It's very important, but even I forget to breathe. I just took a great big breath as you were talking, and it felt so good. (laughs) You like to breathe, Adrian? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's the alternatives, right? 
<laughs> you know, so, another one of my favorite, if I can tell you one more tip, yes, I please. think that you're going to agree with this one too, and I'm sure you have talked about this on your show, but another really important one that might be sometimes difficult for caregivers is to feel gratitude. Because when you feel gratitude, your body can't feel anxious, bitter, angry, fearful at the same time. And so no matter how bad things are, you can always, if you think to do it, if you make a point, you can always think of three things that you're grateful for. It can be memories from the past. It can be the fact that it's a beautiful, sunny day today. It's, we can always find something, even in sort of dark moments, and that also is really powerful medicine. We don't have any drug or any pill that can do what gratitude can do. Attitude of gratitude is very, very good. You know, I have this thing that talks about attitude, how it's, what is it, 90% um, uh, what no ten well, percent what happens to you and ninety percent how you react to it. So it is so true. And you know, is yeah. the class half empty or half full? That's an old old analogy, but it is so true. And um, a lot of this you learned from your story from the hard knocks of experience, right? They didn't teach you this in medical school, did they? Yeah, you know, really not. So let's just say that you uh, you know somebody who comes into their doctor and they're complaining. I'm tired all the time, I can't sleep at night, I'm feeling depressed, you know, I just, I don't, can't control my weight, keeps going, you know, I'm achy joints, whatever the symptoms are, what we as a doctor are taught to do is we're, we're thinking to ourselves, what can I do to fix this? An antidepressant, a sleeping pill, you know, an anti-inflammatory pill. We're kind of running through the list in our head thinking about what prescription can we write. So there are certainly times when medicine is really important and we need it, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking medicines, yeah. but, but when this is about, um, you know, how you're feeling, how stress is impacting your body, there's really no pill for that. And, but there are things that we can do to help protect ourselves from this, the harmful effects of stress. And so it's really important. Wow. Absolutely. So, um, what do your peers think of you, you know, the people that you went to medical school with? And um, what what kind of a doctor did you go to medical school to become, first of all? So originally, what I wanted to do was something like preventive and health-oriented. And so I ended up doing pediatrics, if you can mm. believe that. And mm-hmm. the reason that I did pediatrics is because that's a lot of the, like, prevention and, you know, tips mm-hmm. for parents. And, and I did enjoy it. But the reality is I spent a lot of my day writing prescriptions for asthma inhalers and ADD medicines and antibiotics for ear infections, right? It was prescription, prescription, prescription. And when I first was going through my own issues and learning about this more natural approach to things, this was back in 2006, and I had no idea how somebody could do this for children, right? How do you get children to eat healthier or take a vitamin? It just didn't even seem remotely possible to me. So I shifted to work with adults with the idea that if I could help, you know, parents and grandparents be healthier, there would be trickle down to their children. So now I have friends who are pediatric, integrative pediatricians who help children to come off their eczema medicines and, you know, their um, asthma inhalers and things like that. But um, many of my peers, you know, the other doctors, when I first started doing this, 
thought that it was a little odd. They didn't really know what to think about me. They probably thought that a lot that I was doing was kind of maybe a little crazy or like but you were going to become I, a chiropractor or something. <laughs> yeah, but what I see is over the years, things are shifting. I used to tell people to take vitamin D. Well, now lots of doctors tell their patients to take vitamin D. <laughs> I was telling people to take fish oil capsules. Well, now lots of doctors are seeing that omega-3s from the fish oil are actually really good for our health. So there's been a big shift. Um, and so now it it's not accepted by everybody. There are some doctors who are still very... Um, you know, conventional in their thinking, but I see it changing. And more and more and more doctors are coming in droves to practice medicine this way because they can see that their patients aren't really getting better. You know, they keep coming back, and then it's more prescriptions and more prescriptions, and the prescription list is this long, um, and and they know that there's got to be a better way. And so this is just sort of common sense medicine is what can we do to get healthier so you don't need that whole list of pills. Sure. Now, you used to be in pediatrics, so I want to ask you this question because my grandson is autistic, and I was shocked at the, um, the statistics. You know, what was it, like 20 years ago, maybe one in 100,000 kids would become autistic. Now it's like one in 1,500 or some, some crazy number like that. What, what's going on? You know, there are a lot of people that are trying to find the answers, but it looks like it doesn't look like it's genes because our genes change very, very slowly over many, many, many you know generations. generations. But but it looks like probably the environment is playing a role. So toxins in the environment, nutrient levels, you know, there are, there are lots of things. And the other thing is probably for every child it's a little bit different. So we see the end result, but just like you can have headaches, but for some people it's a migraine, for some people it's from a sinus headache, from some people it's muscle tension from being on the computer. And so we need to find out for you what's causing your headache, right, because if it's, you know, muscle tension, then the sinus pill isn't going to do it for you. Right. So kind of the same thing with autism is we're learning more about how for each individual person, we need to understand for that person what the problem is um, in order to try to help them. And the autism spectrum they're discovering is getting longer and longer. So many people who you would never think are autistic might be on the spectrum because they have certain symptoms. And um, now I don't want to get into anything controversial like vaccines or anything, but um, I was told that some people believe that when you give a child, a small child, 10 or 20 different vaccines within the same period of time, that that's not a good thing. What, what do you think about that, that they should, like, stretch it out over some time? You know, it is very controversial. Um, there, Like you said, there are some people on one side of the spectrum who think that vaccines are always bad, and there are other people who think that vaccines are always good. But the reality is that it's important, and each parent really does need to speak with their doctor and have a good conversation about it. There's lots of information out there that be, can be kind of scary, um, but, you know, it, it's important. Well, listen, we're going to take a short break, so we will be right back. Don't go away. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. 
Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One arm, one leg, 100 words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. Okay, so you have a couple of days off and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. CaregiverDave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting CaregiverDave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Audiobooks gives you instant access to over 50,000 of the best sellers and hottest book titles in romance, mystery, fiction, and many other genres. Just visit healthylife.net's advertiser page and click on Audiobooks to get started. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and Caregiver Dave. You're listening to HealthyLife.net. Millions of listeners know the secret. Now you do, too. Positive talk, 24 hours a day, every day. And we're back on the Caregiver Dave Show with Dr. Deb Matthews and my lovely co-host, Adrian Gruberg. And Dr. Deb is a functional medicine guru, I like to call her, because she's just different from a lot of doctors that are out there. And we're having a conversation on why she's so different and what does it mean and and can we learn something from her that will really improve our lives, uh, especially caregivers who are... Gosh, need so much help. You know, 30% of them die, the rest of them are, in, are hospitalized. And so um, how does uh, – you talked about cortisol before, but it, it sounds like cortisol does a lot of different things. You know, it, it affects our sleep, our mood, our energy, and long-term health, and it affects other hormones. Uh, do you have anything else you want to tell us about cortisol? Yeah. Because you didn't talk about it very much. Yeah, okay. So cortisol is a regulating hormone. It regulates most of your other hormones. It regulates your immune system. It regulates your sleep-wake cycle so that you can sleep soundly at night and have energy during the day. It regulates your blood sugar. So it's really, really important. And that's why when we are stressed and cortisol is impacted, it can impact so many different areas of our life and so many different aspects of our health. And 
when we talk about how it impacts some of our other hormones, I think this is really important. So one of the hormones that's really important for how we feel is our thyroid hormone. And our thyroid sits right at the bottom of our neck. It sets our metabolic rate. And if your thyroid is not doing a good job, and you don't have the right amount of thyroid hormone, there's a whole list of symptoms. You feel tired. You gain weight. You can feel cold all the time, uh, constipated. You can Your hair can start to fall out or get dry and change its texture. You can have dry skin. You just... You don't feel right, but because all of these symptoms are what we call nonspecific, meaning different things can cause you to feel tired, different things right. can cause you to gain weight. So um, sometimes it can be hard to get a good diagnosis. And sometimes you can go into your doctor and say, gosh, I got all these symptoms. I wonder, doctor, if it could be my thyroid. And your doctor can measure a thyroid test, and right. usually they just measure a screening test. But if that test comes back normal, you'll be told that you're fine. And this is part of my personal story, too, because for 10 years, I was tired all the time. Like, sleep was my favorite hobby. And um, But at night, by the time my kids went to sleep, I was done. Like, I don't care if there was spaghetti sauce splattered all over my kitchen floor after supper. It was just going to have to wait until the morning because I had nothing left in me to mop up the floor at night. And when I would go into the doctor, I was always told that it was normal. Even though I had an enlarged thyroid gland, when I would be working at the hospital, other doctors would look at my neck and say, your thyroid gland is big. You should go get that checked. I had a little bit of a goiter or an enlarged thyroid. But it took 10 years before finally it got bad enough that the test was outside of the range. And then finally I got diagnosed and I got treated. And initially, I got treated with the standard treatment. It's called Synthroid. That's the standard medicine that everybody gets. Yeah. It didn't make me feel any better. I felt no different. And when I finally learned how to practice functional medicine in this more natural approach, I realized that there are other things besides just Synthroid that can be done um, in order to help our thyroid. And I felt tremendously better. But one of the things that I learned that I think is relevant for caregivers is When you have stress in your life, and that makes your cortisol level go up, it makes it so that your your body can't use the thyroid hormone properly. So even if your thyroid gland is fine and it's making thyroid hormone, or if you're taking the pill, so you're getting, you know, the thyroid hormone replacement, when cortisol is off because of stress, it gets in the way. And so your cells can't use that thyroid hormone. They can't activate it into something called T3 thyroid hormone. So you still feel tired and you struggle with your weight and it affects your mood. So you can be moody or you know depressed. It affects your memory, like you can have brain fog and it's just hard to compute things in your head and you start to think maybe this is a, you know, early signs of, of dementia, but it can be one of the signs of stress. And so if your thyroid test looks fine and your doctor says everything is normal, one of the things to think about is are there more things that you could be doing in order to help protect yourself from the harmful effects of cortisol in order to allow your body to use the thyroid hormone better? Tell me, tell me. I have no thyroid. In in 1976, I was amazingly, I was very lucky, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. 
Not so I have two, yes. Uh-huh. And that my father's the one that noticed the swelling. Um, I had been in living quarter. in Africa, and I came back, and he just picked up on a difference. My husband didn't see it, but my father saw it. And I went to a client who saw that I was scratching the front of my legs, and her boyfriend had Graves' disease. So he, she sent me to his physician, and I avoided surgery and everything else. And it's been since 1976 that wow. I've been, you know, treated for this. But it's, it, it was, I gained 40 pounds in a month. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, you knew that something was wrong, right? Oh, yeah. Even if you didn't know what it was. Um, and so what I see happen a lot is, so this thyroid problem is most common in women. So women are more affected by thyroid problems right. than men. 90% of hypothyroidism or low thyroid function is because of Hashimoto's, which is what we have. That's when your immune system makes a mistake and antibodies start attacking your thyroid gland instead of the antibodies are supposed to attack germs. So then they damage the thyroid gland over time, and then, you know, it's not working. You have to take thyroid replacement therapy. But unfortunately, a lot of times when women march into the doctor to say, look, something's wrong. I don't feel good. I'm tired all the time. I'm, you know, depressed. If that number hasn't moved outside of the range just yet, you get told everything is normal. And that is so frustrating to be kind of dismissed, you know, like you're not really heard. Um, And I hear this every day from women who are so fed up, you know, they're so frustrated. They know Mm -hmm. something is wrong. They're just looking for somebody to help them find out what it is. (laughs) And so sometimes it really is full-blown hypothyroidism, like what you have and what I have. And sometimes, though, it's not full-blown hypothyroidism, and that's why they get told everything is fine because that lab test is still normal. But sometimes the problem is that cortisol, the stress hormone, is just getting in the way so that thyroid hormone can't work. Or sometimes people are taking thyroid replacement, and that cortisol still gets in the way. And so this isn't... That's not a disease. There's no drug for this. And so that's why the right, you know, your doctor isn't really going to look for it. They don't look for cortisol levels unless somebody may have a disease. There's like tumors you could have that make way too much cortisol, but that's a life threatening disease. And you know, that's very rare. So if the problem is just too much stress, they might say, well, I think it's just stress. But that's not so helpful, right? I mean, we all know when we're stressed. That doesn't help us fix the problem. Um, But functional medicine doctors can actually measure cortisol levels. And typically we do it in a blood test, or not a blood test, in a saliva test or in a urine test. And the reason that we do it in saliva or urine is because we can do it multiple times over the same day. Because Mm -hmm. what's supposed to happen is cortisol goes up in the wee hours of the morning. And remember, cortisol is like long-acting adrenaline. So it's like you get this little adrenaline rush and your eyes pop open and you leap out of your bed ready to start your day. 
And then it gradually goes down over the day so that you're calm and you're relaxed and you can fall asleep and sleep soundly through the night. But what happens a lot is it gets all flipped around and backwards. So it doesn't go up in the morning and then you're pressing snooze a few times and you need to come in. (laughs) My wife has insomnia. She has to take sleeping pills. Could it be that? If it's if it's too high at night, it's like too much adrenaline, and then you can't fall asleep. And then when you finally do fall asleep, you end up, you know, getting another another little surge at two o'clock in the morning, and then there you are, you're wide awake, and you can't go back to sleep. And another really common pattern that we see is that afternoon crash. You know, two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. when you just want another cup of coffee or some sugar or something to get you through supper time. And I remember for me. I remember when I was, this was way back now when I was in college, I would, in medical school, I would leave medical school to go to my part-time job. It would have been about 4.30 in the afternoon, and I could not drive. I was so tired. I would, like, fall asleep at the red light. I would be so scared I was going to drive off the road. It was dangerous. Mm. It's like, like um, drowsy driving. It's just as bad as <laughs> drunk driving, you know? So I would have to come out of school, sit in my car, and have a 10-minute power nap, and then I would wake up and I would be ready to go. But if I didn't have that power nap, I couldn't function. It was really bad. And I am not the only person. I mean, this is a, a, a not an uncommon story, even if it's mm-hmm. maybe not quite that bad. But so many of us need that afternoon pick-me-up. Sure. Uh, listen, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too, Caring for Someone with an Illness or Condition Who is Expected to Live for a Relatively Long Period of Time is a Specific and Unique Challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and Caregiver Dave. Discover the world's largest anti-aging organization, Life Extension. For the best information, vitamins, and supplements, you just can't beat Life Extension. To start extending your life, go to the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on the Life Extension banner. One Arm, One Leg, 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One arm, one leg, 100 words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. Caregiverdave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting caregiverdave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. 
Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Remember, get positive emotions at www.healthylife.net. on the Caregiver Dave Show with Dr. Deb Matthews and Adrian Gruberg, my co-host. I wanted to ask you, so how do you control the cortisone? No, cortisol. Cortisol. Yeah, cortisol. Cortisol is like if you need to get a shot, you know, because you've got a... Sure, sure, sure. it's like the drug version of cortisol. So how do you how do you control it? You said you can't really do anything. What do you do to control that, and how did you control your own? Yeah, so... You can't necessarily, like you said, you can't make all of your stresses go away. So if I could write you a prescription for um, a vacation in Tahiti, on the beach, you know, that might help, but Blue Cross Blue Shield isn't going to pay for that, right? So, <laughs> but getting away from it all, taking a vacation, having respite, you know, having an afternoon of retail therapy where you can go shopping or, you know, getting away, that's helpful. Um, another one is simplifying because, you know, the reality is for some of us, we do it to ourselves. Is you that know, simple, we, really, doctor? Well, it's not, it, it it's is not simple. Right. It is simple. It's just not easy, right? right. But, but if we can simplify, if we can not try to do everything perfect, if we can say no, sometimes, I know these are all things that you've talked about, right? But, but saying no, Counseling setting them. You're not writing them a prescription. You're you're counseling them. You're giving them advice, telling them what they should do, how they should think, how they should maybe uh, adjust their attitude. Uh, Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Those things are really important. You're almost a psychiatrist now, a psychologist. (laughs) But, you know, what we think, and this is really, really important, what we think, our thoughts, affect our physical body. So if you are... Think if you're walking down a dark alley and you are imagining that somebody's going to jump out and stab you and rob you, right. your body reacts as though somebody's there. It doesn't know the difference sweating. between imagination yeah. and reality. Right? So if you're caught in those negative thoughts, worrying and fretting and, you know, miserable thoughts, you make things work for yourself. So if you're able to catch yourself in that negative thinking and turn your thoughts to something positive that grateful feeling, it really can turn things around. So, like I said, there's no medicine for this. There's no drug that anybody can give you, but it's really, really important. It's not, it's not, it it is simple. These are all simple steps that everybody's heard before. None of this is brand new. It's just so important. And it's so important to not having a heart attack or getting cancer or, right? I mean, these are the things that we can do to protect ourselves from those really harmful effects of stress. Yeah, you know, they say you are what you eat, and somehow I, I think you're going to start talking about food and diet because, you know, I'm just starting to think of what's simple and what's hard and what's easy, and and yeah. uh, people have trouble controlling what they stick in this little mouth of ours. So go ahead. Let me have it. Let me hear about the diet and the food and so and then after let's that, we'll talk, talk about, about exercise. <laughs> let's talk about what do we want to eat when we're stressed? Like, 
Who has their head in the fridge at 10 o'clock at night saying, I'm sure there's some leftover broccoli and Brussels sprouts back here, right? No one. When we're stressed, we want comfort food. We want, we want to treat ourselves. We're trying to make ourselves feel better. So sugar and junk food, right? I mean, that's what, that's what we want to make ourselves feel better. So first of all, when we are stressed, we often don't make such good food choices or we don't feel like chopping the vegetables, right? We just want something quick and easy because we've already had it. So taking a few moments to eat the healthier foods is really, really important because your body needs the nutrients in the food, the vitamins and minerals, et cetera, in order to be able to make your hormones and in order to generate energy to be healthy. So we need the vegetables, right? All the different colors of vegetables, especially the green leafy vegetables, healthy servings of fruit. We need to get enough protein in our diet. And one of the things that's maybe a little bit surprising that's really important is that we need fat. So how many years have we been telling people, eat a low-fat diet, right? But your hormones, all of estrogen, testosterone, cortisol, they're all made out of cholesterol. So cholesterol is not a terrible thing. You need cholesterol to make estrogen, testosterone, cortisol, and vitamin D. And vitamin D is really good for you. Your brain is made up of fat. And so Having a low-fat diet isn't really the best thing for all of us, but it's really important what kind of fat we're eating because we're not talking about what's in the deep fryer down there at, you know, the fast food restaurant. (laughs) But healthy fats would be things like extra virgin olive oil and nuts like walnuts and almonds. Um, Avocados are a really healthy fat. These are things that are actually really good for us. And they're a good thing, right? It's fun to eat a handful of almonds and avocado, yeah, right? Who doesn't like guacamole? And you overdo it, though. And you overdo the nuts. My wife says yeah. I eat too many. Yeah, that's one of the hard things, right, is once you get going in the nuts. Like, it's hard <laughs> to sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, 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 you can yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. But so those are all really important healthy foods for us to eat. And and maybe one other thing, if I could say, about what we should not eat too much of is the starchy carbohydrates. So you know all the white processed stuff, the white bread and the white rice and all that. When we eat too much of that, that makes our blood sugar spike up. And that blood sugar spike up, and then it crashes down, and the whoop and down of the blood sugar is hard. It causes cortisol to be released. So even if you don't have stress, Eating those kinds of foods can trigger more cortisol release. So go easy on the starchy, you know, the starchy carbohydrates. Whole grains what, happens, what happens if you do eat too many nuts? If you do the eat fat. too many nuts, well, they do have a fair amount of calories. They're good for you, so it's the healthy kind of calories. But um, if you're eating all the regular calories you would have done and you're eating a whole bag full of walnuts, <laughs> you're made up of it. But I'm with you on there. Once you, you get going, this I assume you should drink, what, eight glasses of water a day or something like that? So the standard recommendation is eight (laughs) eight ounce glasses of water, but it depends, right? If you're out in the heat. Oh, they're only eight ounces. So that's 64 ounces. That's one liter? That's kind of of a ballpark place to start. Um, But drink on your weight, too, right? Yeah, if you're a bigger person, if it's a hot day, if you're exercising and you're sweaty, there's lots of variations here. But 
for most of us, we need to drink more water. And I'm going to be honest and say this is the one that I struggle with. I don't mind eating green leafy vegetables, and I can feel grateful, but I don't know. I find it hard to drink enough water. And one of the tricks that I found that works for me is I got a, a special glass um, you know, a, a water bottle, and it's got like that rubberized stuff around it so that it's not going to break, and it's a fun color, and for whatever reason, in my psychology, it's working for me to help me drink more water. So if any one of these things is hard for you, find a little trick, find a little gimmicky thing that just makes it a little bit more fun, sure. and that makes mm-hmm. it easier. And, and some people like ice-cold water, some people like room temperature, some people like hot water, some people say, oh, no, you shouldn't drink cold water when you eat, you know, what temperature? your water should we do? You know, I would say let's not worry too much about it. Yes, some people say the cold water affects how your body, you know, digests the rest of your food. But I I think drink your water however you prefer it, and we won't worry too much about it. What kind of a doctor are you? (laughs) Drink your water. (laughs) We're going to take another break. We'll be right back. Do not go away. Guilt, fear, loneliness, burnout. These are just some of the things caregivers feel. But now there's hope. Caregiverdave.com is a membership website with an understanding community designed around supporting you. With a little perspective, planning, and practical help, you can become a thriving caregiver. Start by visiting caregiverdave.com. Get weekly calls, practical solutions, and free resources. Plus, when you sign up, you'll get a 30-minute coaching call free. Don't wait. Go to caregiverdave.com and join now. Constant Contact and your small business make a perfect fit for marketing. They give you what you need to succeed. Fast and easy email marketing at your fingertips. Visit the HealthyLife.net advertiser page and click on Constant Contact to start your marketing. Reclaim your caregiver sanity with Dave Nassani's book, It's My Life Too. Caring for someone with an illness or condition who is expected to live for a relatively long period of time is a specific and unique challenge. This book pinpoints the needs and strategies a caregiver must do for themselves in order to survive, thrive, and make caregiving a rewarding, gratifying experience. So get your copy of It's My Life Too today or buy one for your special caregiver. It's My Life Too is available at Amazon.com and CaregiverDave.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. One arm, one leg. 100 Words by Dave Nassani is the book that helps you overcome and perhaps even prevent the hardships associated with strokes. Dave takes you on his journey and experience with his own wife, Charlene, a stroke survivor. This book tells you everything about strokes to help you and your loved ones survive without making costly mistakes that may save a life or a brain from irreparable damage. One arm, one leg, 100 words. The book is available on Amazon.com or order it from fine bookstores everywhere. When you need a positive point of view, turn to HealthyLife.net, your 24-7 radio network for a better future. I saw you breathe during that break. We're back with Dr. Deb Matthews and Adrian Gruberg. I'm Dave Nassani on the Caregiver Dave Show. Um, 
I hate to do it, but let's talk about it. Exercise. What is the definition of exercise? Can a, if I walk into my mailbox, uh, is that exercise? I mean, wh what's the minimum and maximum exercise that you recommend as a functional medicine doctor? Yeah. Well, here's the good news. If our goal is we're trying to reduce stress or protect our bodies from the effects of stress, the, the exercise that you do does not have to be like hardcore. You don't have to run a marathon or join a boot camp or, you know, huff and puff and get all sweaty and feel like you're going to cough up your lungs. That kind of really hardcore exercise is actually a stress on your system. So that's not what we need for this purpose. So going outside for a walk, um, that counts as exercise. And, you know, if you're not exercising at all, one of the best ways to kind of get yourself started is to get yourself a pedometer. You know, you can buy them real cheap and, and stick them on your belt. Most people's phones have them or if you've got one of those Fitbit watches or something, you know, something that counts your steps. <laughs> And step one is just see how many steps you're taking on a given day. And that's your starting point. Maybe it's a 1,000 steps or 2,000 steps. And what we find is if you start paying attention to how many steps you're taking, you'll just naturally take more, even if it means you'll, like, walk around the long way to get to the fridge for your snack. But but we just naturally take more. And then you, it, you make it a little game for yourself and try to do more steps. And the ultimate goal is 10,000 steps a day. And That's what you find goal. is, in order to get 10,000 steps a day, you're going to have to go for a walk. That's kind of the only thing that you're going to get there. But the other thing that's really good for all of us is resistance exercise. That's muscle building exercise, right? Whether you're using weights or those machines at the gym or the, the exercise rubber bands or even just your body weight, things like push-ups or squats. When you, when you strengthen your muscles, um, what you do, it helps to prevent frailty, right? Because naturally with age, our muscles get thinner, just like our bones get thinner with age. And then if you trip and fall down, you're more likely to snap like a twig. And you can't be a caregiver if you're lying, you know, in bed with a broken hip or a broken leg or something like that. So for all of us, doing that kind of muscle building exercise is really important. And, you know, back 100 years ago when we had to, like, show, you know, scoop the hay to feed the cows, like, we were doing so much of that hard work. And nowadays, you know, pushing the vacuum cleaner, I guess, is a little bit of work. But most of the, for most <laughs> of our lives, yeah. we don't have that kind of, you know, heavy lifting. It's just not part of our lives. And so that's why doing some of that kind of exercise is really important to protect us, keep us healthy. So, for helping with stress, any kind of exercise doesn't have to be hardcore, but moving your body is really, really helpful for reducing stress. And it'll help you sleep better, too. Well, there's a whole bunch of things that we can do for stress. Um, anything else that you can think of that yeah. would help with the stress? Well, meditation is a really wonderful one. And when I try to mm -hmm. talk to people about meditation, mm -hmm. usually what I hear is, you know, I tried it and, you know, I, what, I couldn't do it. It's hard. You know, there's lots of reasons why people don't care for meditation. And I would liken it to doing like a, you know, jogging, right? You're not going to get up off the couch and go jog for five miles. You're going to get up and you're going to walk, and then maybe you'll jog to the next block and walk the rest of the way. You've got to get started. So a good way to get started is mindfulness, which is where you're just aware of your surroundings, 
Um, and you can do things like, like one simple exercise is nice. to just look at each of the four corners of the room that you're in and you just put all of your attention to one corner and what color is the paint and is there a cobweb up there and the lighting, et cetera. And then you turn to the next one, et cetera. It's just a way to get all the other you know, helter-skelter going on in your brain, kind of shut down just for a moment. It's super simple. It only takes a minute. It's just a really quick and easy way. And what I teach my patients all the time is on your phone, you can download apps. One is called Calm. One is called Insight Timer, Breathe. There's all these different apps. It's easy, too. Yeah, and they're free to download. And then they give you these little breathing exercises and guided meditation, just little things to help. And the way that these help is you make it a habit. So just like, you know, you can't exercise once, right? You've got to kind of do it, you know, on a regular basis. And if you eat one salad, you're not getting very far. But, you know, if you start to eat salads more regularly. So the same thing here, you know, on a regular basis, if you can, even if you start with like three minutes a day, just something to make it a new habit, it can be really, really, really helpful. Um, and for some reason, it's not valued in our culture, Right. Everybody knows they're supposed to eat their vegetables, and they know they're supposed to exercise. We know that. But this taking care of ourselves is just as important. But somehow, you know, if you go sit on a bench and you just breathe, you feel like you really ought to be, you know, unloading the dishwasher or, you know, cutting the grass. or It feels That's called guilt. That's called guilt. <laughs> and, and so guilt is very stressful, isn't it? It yes. is. It is. And, but it's important, and we all need to take care of ourselves. It's just as important as eating your broccoli and putting on your gym shoes. Well, Dr. Deb, I can talk to you for another whole hour and maybe two more, but unfortunately the time is up, and uh, it goes so fast when you're having fun, isn't it? How can we get a hold of you and find out more? Or We didn't get a chance to talk about your book. My gosh. So real fast, uh, book and contact information. Yeah. So I have a book about women's hormones. It's called This Is Not Normal. And anybody who would like can get a free download at isityourhormones.com. And my website for more information is signaturewellness.org. Oh, that's great. Oh, short and sweet. That a girl. Uh, Adrian, uh, you can get a hold of her at uh, thecaregiverspace.org. You can get a hold of me at caregiverdave.com. Listen, um, thank you so much for tuning in. And, again, thank you, Dr. Deb. And we will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never